Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi there, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, January 26th, 2024. Larry Johnson and Ray McGovern join us for our weekly intelligence uh, community roundtable, which we like to have on Friday afternoon as we're sort of winding down uh, for the week. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, a few hours ago, about five or six hours ago, uh, at The Hague, uh, the presiding justice of the International Court of Justice made a series of announcements, um, the first of which is that the court does have jurisdiction over South Africa's claim uh, against uh, Israel. Here's how she put it, number one from the court, Chris. In the court's view, the aforementioned facts and circumstances are sufficient to conclude that at least some of the rights claimed by South Africa and for which it is seeking protection are plausible. This is the case with respect to the right of Palestinians in Gaza to be protected from acts of genocide and related prohibited acts identified in Article 3 and the right of South Africa to seek Israel's compliance with the latter's obligations under the Convention. Uh, go back and review <clears throat> the argument made by the lawyers for Israel. This is the basket in which they put most of their eggs that the court did not have jurisdiction over this. And of course, that was uh, rejected. But uh, Larry, it's almost inconceivable. I guess nothing's inconceivable with Netanyahu. Uh, it is irrational uh, for Israel to argue that the court doesn't have jurisdiction. When they joined the UN, they agreed to be subject to this court. And when yeah. they signed the treaty against genocide, they agreed that this is the court that will decide if genocide was uh, was committed. We'll play no. Netanyahu's response in a minute. Uh, but it is ridiculous for the Israeli government to say, no jurisdiction, you can't get involved. Well, e even the Israeli judge, the, the Israeli representative on that court, voted against Israel, you know, chose... Uh, rejected their argument, at least in th of, of the four items uh, he sided with the majority on the last two. Uh, the only judge who voted against all of it was this judge from Uganda, and there's a lot of uh, suspicion that she was uh, subjected to tremendous political pressure by the United States. So what, what, what stands clear is that an overwhelming majority of the ICJ have uh, left open the door for uh, pursuing uh, genocide 
charges against the state of Israel, and which means that all other countries that are aiding and abetting that genocide could also find themselves in the trick box. But the court can't enforce anything. This is going to ultimately have to go to the Security Council. Uh, remains to be seen whether the United States will veto. Uh, the odds are that they probably will, but I think we're seeing some other signs that uh, the Biden team may have to reverse course. Do you wonder if uh, the United States becomes a co-defendant with Israel as the facilitator, enabler, and financer uh, of uh, genocide, Ray, uh, if the United States would have to excuse itself from its vote on the Security Council, since one cannot be a judge in one's own case, in which case maybe the Security Council, I'm now I'm thinking like I thought in my former life, uh, maybe under those circumstances and those circumstances only, the United States would abstain from vetoing anything even remotely critical of Israel. But Larry makes a great point. The Israeli justice on the court. South Africa got to add a justice. Israel got to add a justice. That's the rules of the court. The Israeli justice is the former chief justice of the Israeli Supreme Court, appointed by Prime Minister Netanyahu to uh, join the court. And he voted with the majority in the most significant votes. Is there jurisdiction and should they uh, have to protect civilians? I don't know how it could have gone any other way, Ray McGovern. Well, Judge, uh, you know more about uh, whether the United States could abstain on this kind of vote. I hadn't really thought of them abstaining. I think, as Larry suggested, the odds strongly favor a veto. Now, what would that mean? That would mean that the U.S. not only supports apartheid, well-established, but also genocide. Now, what about this complicity business? What about the universal understanding that genocide could not happen without enabling from the United States government? What about the complicity? What, what about the jeopardy that uh, people might be placed in as at Nuremberg for being complicit in genocide? Well, you know, I, I don't think President Biden in his older years gives a rat's patootie. But, you know, there's a chance that this guy Blinken and Sullivan's still younger and some of these other younger folks who might live two or three or four more years and might see this stuff go really south and become tried in an international court for assisting genocide. That, I think, is the only chance that Biden would be able to be prodded and say, well, look, uh, Mr. President, maybe maybe we ought to try to abstain on this one. I don't know. I think Ray makes a good point, Larry. Uh, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, President George W. Bush has been indicted by the International uh, Criminal Court for uh, war crimes, slaughtering innocents in Iraq and Afghanistan and bringing the United States into wars under false pretenses and various other crimes for which there's no statute of limitations. Uh, Joe Biden is dittering and doddering, whatever the word is. He's, he's yeah. well past his prime. Who knows how much longer he, he will even know who he is. But Tony Blinken and uh, and Jake Sullivan and the others are, are going to be around for a while. They could foreseeably see themselves as defendants in the dock. What do you think? Well, uh, the... the I think one of the critical variables is that Joe Biden has not had a political event in the last three weeks 
when it was not disrupted, interrupted by protests, people calling him Genocide Joe, demanding ceasefire in Palestine. It doesn't matter whether he's out talking about abortion, climate change, the economy, time after time after time, the crowd, uh, significant numbers in the crowd are erupting and protesting. The numbers also show that for the under 40 crowd, the vast majority support Palestine, not Israel. So the, 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 the Democrat leadership, the ones that are telling Biden what to do, they're facing a real choice. On the one hand, they got all these Democrat billionaires, people like Bill Ackman and, and others that are kicking in lots of money and demanding that the, there be a, you know completely unwavering support for Israel. But then you got the fact that you've got all these Muslim populations in places like Michigan. You got auto workers. You've got these uh, a large number of, uh, of the young voters that completely reject Israel, see Israel as a, a genocidal country. And, you know, I don't know how many more times Biden can go out and get beat up like that verbally in public that because he doesn't like it. He's yeah. thin skinned and he's going to I think I think that's the one thing that could ultimately cause a reversal in U.S. policy on this and lead, if nothing else, to an abstention. It's difficult to watch when he does that. Ray, before you jump in on this, uh, Chris, let's um, play the first ruling. So this is 15 to 2. Israel shall take measures to stop the killing of innocents, to stop the bodily harm to innocents, to stop any physical harm to innocents. I shall now read out the operative part of the order. For these reasons, the court indicates the following provisional measures. One, by 15 votes to two, the state of Israel shall in accordance with its obligations under the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide in relation to the Palestinians in Gaza, take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of Article Two of the Convention, in particular, A, killing members of the group, B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, and D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. Measures intended to protect, to prevent births within the group. The group are the Palestinian people. No killing, no harm, no whipping up forces calling for genocide. How, how is Netanyahu going to silence those two maniacs uh, in uh, in his uh, cabinet, uh, no physical destruction of members of the group. This must mean a ceasefire, right? Because the IDF doesn't know how to fight a war without doing what the court just prohibited. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <sighs> 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Well, that's the empty part of this glass. Uh, the court did not call for a ceasefire explicitly, but the other things they call for, ipso facto, require a ceasefire. Let me comment on the solemn way that the presiding judge, the president of the court, proceeded. I had my fears. On the good side, she has an Irish name. On the other side, she worked for Hillary Clinton as chief lawyer of the State Department at the worst times, attacked on Libya and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, oh my God, what do we have here? Well, I have to say I'm really pleasantly surprised. I mean, 15 to two, I mean, she played it straight. And she issued this statement in such a measured and dignified tone. I think the whole world said, you know, this is not a kangaroo court for God's sake. This is a Hillary Clinton. Harry Clinton appointee telling the truth for once. So I'm encouraged that this glass seems to me more than half full, not empty. Chris, let's play ruling two and follow it right up with ruling three. And I'll tell you the difference between the two and the profound significance of number three. By 15 votes to two, the state of Israel shall ensure with immediate effect that its military does not commit any acts described in point one above. And now point uh, ruling three, Chris, the 16. By 16 votes to one, the state of Israel shall take all measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. All measures within its power to prevent and punish calls for genocide. That one had the Israeli chief justice of the former chief justice of the Israeli Supreme Court, Israeli Supreme Court with the majority. That's the 16 to one, only Uganda uh, dissented. That's basically saying to Bibi, you got to silence those crazy people in your cabinet that are calling for genocide, Larry. That's basically what this says without using the word genocide. Actually, she did use the word genocide in this one. Right. One second. I'm sorry. I'm getting carried away here. Chris, (laughs) read the 16 to 1 verdict, the one you just ran. Play that one more time. By 16 votes to 1, the state of Israel shall take all measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip. Yeah. There you have it. So it's not just prevent, it's punish as well. Correct. And so the, this means, you know, Bibi Netanyahu, they're telling him, shut the hell up. Shut it down. Stop. The same to Itamir Ben Gavir, the same to Smotrich. And frankly, the th- same to almost every member of the Israeli war cabinet. They, they're all guilty of saying, uh, basically talking about destroying the Palestinians and eradicating them from, from the face of the earth. Uh, that's what they're about. Uh, the saving grace, this, this comes at an interesting time because the, the Israeli military is really struggling. They are, 
they're not steamrolling Hamas. Hamas continues to inflict significant casualties on them and casualties that, frankly, I don't think Israel is going to be able to sustain. They're too small a country. And the political unity that existed back on October 7th, that's gone. And I think, you know, Max Blumenthal talked about that extensively on your show yesterday. Yes. Uh, Ray, this this one is for you. This is the Irish government opposition leader. You will love her. Chris. So the judgment from the court in The Hague is in and it is significant to those who said that South Africa had no case. Well, they've got their answer. The court has ruled that South Africa has a case, that Israel has a case to answer in respect of violations of the Convention on the Prevention of Genocide. And now uh, there are no more excuses. The international community must hear the rulings of the court, which are binding on everyone. Israeli impunity must end. Attacks on Palestinians must end. Genocidal actions must end. And of course, the court didn't use the word ceasefire. But the only way to operationalize the findings of the court is a full, permanent uh, and complete ceasefire. I think she's right, Ray. Of course she's right. And <laughs> this shows that uh, not only uh, not only Mick and Claire Daly are uh, right in arguing in the European uh, Parliament that this is a genocide and should stop, but this is Ireland facing up to their own history and saying, you know, we know what genocide is like. For God's sake, listen to the ICJ on this one. There's no escaping the inevitable conclusion. Stop the killing. Here's uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu just about two hours ago uh, calling the South African case a vile attempt to interfere with Israel's rights to defend itself. Take a Israel's listen. commitment to international law is unwavering. Equally unwavering is our sacred commitment to continue to defend our country and defend our people. Like every country, Israel has an inherent right to defend itself. The vile attempt to deny Israel this fundamental right is blatant discrimination against the Jewish state, and it was justly rejected. The charge of genocide leveled against Israel is not only false, it's outrageous, and decent people everywhere should reject it. On the eve of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, I again pledge as Israel's Prime Minister, never again. Israel will continue to defend itself against Hamas, a genocidal terror organization. On October 7th, Hamas perpetrated the most horrific atrocities against the Jewish people since the Holocaust and it vows to repeat these atrocities again and again and again. Our war is against Hamas terrorists, not against Palestinian civilians. We will continue to facilitate humanitarian assistance and to do our utmost to keep civilians out of harm's way, even as Hamas uses civilians as human shields. We will continue to do what is necessary to defend our country and defend our people. So the one of the... Uh hundreds and hundreds of folks uh, writing in during this show uh, recently said, Judge, nothing in Israel will change. I guess maybe Netanyahu has has pretty much said that, Larry. Well, Netanyahu is a terrorist. 
who is holding the Holocaust hostage, hiding behind it to justify his terrorist acts, period. This is, it is disgraceful. It is disgusting. He has nothing about the rule of law. Israel had actual alternatives they could have pursued if it was only about getting Hamas. If nothing else, they could have collaborated with the Egyptians, the Turks, and the Saudis to cut off Hamas funding. They chose not to do that. This was about destroying and eliminating the Gazans, from, uh, the Palestinians who inhabit Gaza, pushing them out. And, you know, the irony is, is this comes on the tomorrow's the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz by, by uh, Soviet troops. And, you know, it, it's, it's really sickening that Netanyahu tries to invoke the memory of the Holocaust when he himself is engaged in the same kind of heinous, you know, despicable actions that the Nazis carried out against the Jews, only now he's doing it to Palestinians. He's even doing it to his own people. There is the yeah, cor yeah. corroborated story of the gassing of an IDF uh, hostage, gassed by uh, the IDF. The mother is a veterinarian, and she's become a, 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 a anti-Netanyahu folk uh, hero of sorts. Apparently, he made the mistake of allowing her into his home, and she uh, confronted him in no, uh, no uncertain terms. Uh, here's the South African foreign minister. It is she who actually filed the complaint. Here's her analysis of what the court did. Satisfied uh, that the provisional measures that we sought uh, to be addressed would be uh, uh, addressed by the court. And uh, I believe if you read the convention very carefully, uh, the matter of uh, how uh, a war uh, or conflict is conducted is not elaborated. I would have wanted that the word cessation uh, is included uh, in the judgment. I have no way that I'm going to say I'm disappointed. I hoped for it, but the fact of delivering humanitarian aid, the fact of taking measures that reduce the levels of harm against persons who have no role in what Israel uh, is combating, for me, requires a ceasefire. And I believe Israel would have to attend to how it conducts its search for the hostages and for those Hamas individuals who carried out the October 7 uh, attack. What's the next step? I've never really been hopeful uh, about Israel, uh, but Israel has very powerful friends who I hope uh, will advise Israel that they should act. Ah, that is the first reference we have seen in any of this, Ray, to the United States and the people in the United States who have a vice on the White House and the Congress over this. That's right. Um, let me tell you just a small vignette of when I was in the Knesset. Hmm. This was 2016. We were you invited been, by you the... You must have been in disguise. There's no way they'd <laughs> let you in there. <laughs> Well, they gave me a thorough search, but I was with Miko Peled, oh. an Israeli citizen, okay? Right. Now, we went in there, and we, we were entertained in this very, very modest conference room by the Palestinian delegation, and whose pictures were on the wall? Martin Luther King Jr., other liberation followers during the civil rights uh, segment, mm. this period. 
The other thing is that that attorney for uh, South Africa, she looks exactly like my friend Ruby Sales, who is a prominent 17-year-old person in Mississippi when her white friend was shot right right in front of her and the shot was aimed at Ruby. Mm. Uh, these are, are, are all of the same kind. They're birds of the same feather in the best, best sense of the word. They care, care about justice. And isn't it ironic that those terrorists from Yemen, the Houthis, are the ones that come out smelling well, real well here because they're the ones that are pursuing justice and how this decision will relate to justification for what they're doing because they're trying to end the genocide too. That'll be interesting too, but it's ironic that the Houthis are the people that are on the, the right side of justice in this. And uh, you can call them terrorists if you like. I don't call them terrorists. Yeah. Larry, will anything change? Tomorrow, yeah. next week, next month in Gaza because of this court ruling? Yes, I, I think it will. Uh, people say, oh, man, Johnson, you, you know, what, what are you smoking or what delusion or, you know, <laughs> lack of blood flow to the brain do you have? Uh, it's not going to be immediate, but uh, this is going to ratchet up the political pressure on the Biden administration. Again, it'd be one thing if the Democrats were solidly united behind Biden on this. They are not. The, the division within the Democrat Party on this issue is growing. It's not subsiding. So that is going to bring pressure coupled with the actual legal risk that will attend being included as an accomplice to genocide. Because that opens, that opens the door to a whole raft of, uh, of uh, civil cases that, that, that can be prosecuted and, and people can br uh, bring suit against the United States. So it's something the United States is going to have to consider. And then on top of it, things are not going well with the respect to stopping the Houthis. So the Houthis are shutting down the Red Sea to all Israeli, U.S., and U.K. ships. Everybody else can go through fine. But if you're a U.S., U.K., or Israeli, they're going to shoot at you. And the, the U.S. Navy failed yesterday trying to escort two ships. They got chased off. And so that's not going to change. So I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to strengthen Israel, coupled with the fact as they continue to suffer losses, I, I think the, the saner political voices within Israel are going to grab Netanyahu and toss him out and try to see if they can get Israel back to where it's going to have some measure of respect in, in the international community, because right now they have none. Ray, is the United States military, I guess we're talking about the Navy, uh, in any position? to wage a uh, full-scale contest against the Houthis or whoever? No uh, way. Right. No way. Right. You can't. Larry Wilkerson, they... Larry Wilkerson said yesterday, we have, this is remarkable. We have 11 battleships, the, the type of uh, uh, <laughs> piece of equipment that you would need uh, over Warships, there. Warships. Right. Only three of them are seaworthy, and one of them is in Japan. Yeah, let me uh, just comment on what Larry said. Play the devil's advocate here, okay? Uh, here we have Biden. Um, we talk about his wooden-headedness, okay? Uh, we talk about his senility, and he's making the decisions I'm, I'm forced to conclude. So he thinks, as he told 60 Minutes, we're the United States of America, are we the most powerful country in the world? In the world. You understand that? So 
Now, Blinken, Sullivan, and Newland, the principal players here, are all Zionists, okay? So they have sort of emotional, they have this almost fanatical design to help whoever is in Israel, reigning in Israel. Now, the only thing about more saner voices in Israel, there ain't any, there ain't any that I can observe. So this is kind of a really bad mixture here with a benighted president, accomplices who are Zionists, and admittedly so, president himself bragging about being a Zionist, and you have people in Israel that are in the very top who just are too much committed here. There are no saner voices. So Larry may be right, but I just caution that it's really not so simple. Yeah. But what I'm, no, hearing, what I'm hearing you both say is that this is worse than the American people uh, recognize. That Biden's incompetence, American uh, military weakness, and the passion the unbridled passion of the neocons to get us into another war. Yeah. 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 Larry, uh, now, what about the children? Yeah. yeah. What about the children? When, when BB, I hate to call him BB, when Prime Minister Netanyahu mentioned Amalek, if you read this Amalek stuff, supposedly, I don't believe this is true. I'm a, I'm a serious traditional Roman Catholic, but this has got to be some sort of an allegory in the Old Testament. The God supposedly said to the Jews, yeah, even slaughter the sucklings, the babies suckling at their mother's tits. That's the imagery that the prime minister of Israel connoted when he said Amalek. So when you call yeah. him a terrorist, Larry, as courageous as it is, it's also correct. Well, yeah, right. And look, let's make it very simple. With the Israelis, if, if the roles were reversed, if the Palestinians had the power, authority, and presence that the Israelis now have, and if the Israelis were in the position of the Palestinians, would they be satisfied with that? Would they go along with that? Would they accept it? Hell no. They wouldn't. They would refuse. They would, they would rise up in revolt, which is exactly what the Palestinians are doing. So it's, it's incumbent upon the Israelis to step back and and reflect on the Holocaust, reflect what was done to them, and realize you're doing unto others exactly that which was done unto you, and it's a sin. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you have a, brought a huge audience. Uh, this is a profound issue. This is not splitting jurisprudential hairs. I agree with both of you. As bad as Israel is losing the PR war, uh, it, th this is a major blow uh, against it uh, yet again. Have a great weekend. Thank you for coming here on Friday. We're always so happy when we do our Friday gigs. <laughs> we'll see you both on Monday. All the best. Thanks so much, Judge. Thank you. Coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern, Professor Jeffrey Sachs with his analysis of the decision of the International um, Court of Justice. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. <laughs>